from Hollywood is rated LGBT Radio, starring your host, Rob Watson! Well, hello, 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 and welcome to Rated LGBT Radio, and I am your host, Rob Watson. Uh, We have another interesting, fascinating, important show for you today. Um, We are obviously in the countdown to Election Day. It is a little over a month away. We're waiting for the big October surprise, whatever that may be. Um, The one of the candidates is acting like a bully, petulant child maniac, um, and uh, that's part of the subject of what we're going to talk about today, because uh, Donald Trump has made a point to try to invalidate the election by bad-mouthing and screaming about voting by mail as if it is the worst possible thing ever, even though, guess what? He himself is going to vote by mail. Um, But, you know, (laughs) we've we've never um, stooped so low to to accuse him of being a hypocrite. Um, Well, yes, we have. It's actually a fact, not not an accusation. But um, anyway, that is his M.O. That is what he's trying to present. He is trying to suppress as many voters as possible, particularly those who would feel the most comfortable voting by mail. Um, That isn't sitting well with um, many people in the activist community, and a certain brilliant set of those activists have decided to do something about it. And um, those activists are, or some of them, but one set in particular, are with the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights, and uh, they have created a PSA video called Planning to Vote by Mail This November? Here's what you need to know. And it is directed towards uh, particularly the communities of color. Um, It is made for and by young queer uh, BIPOC community members. And uh, today we have um, from the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights, Christopher Sharp who will tell us about the project. We also have the star of the project, a uh, wonderful uh, individual named Barbie, and the director, um, Kadar Small, who um, will help fill in the whole creative force uh, behind this. So it's, it's an exciting project. It is a project that is launching right away, um, and it's important that everyone um, be made acquainted with this um, because the information is not just informative. It is not just important so that people who vote by mail actually have their, their ballots counted, but it's important that people who want to vote feel comfortable doing so, and they don't allow a certain orange-haired bully to intimidate them and scare them away from it. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and with that, I'm going to bring on my illustrious co-host, the renowned journalist. Um, what was your name again? Oh, yeah, Brody Levesque. Hey, Brody. <laughs> good afternoon, Rob. Good afternoon, good day. 
Good morning to our listeners around the globe. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast, and we hope you enjoy the shows. Uh, Today is an interesting day. A poll uh, was released by the LGBTQ media watchdog GLAD uh, on the very subject of voting and the LGBTQI community. The poll, which was conducted by Pathfinder Opinion Research between September 21st and 25th, found that among LGBT-likely voters, they supported former Vice President Joseph Biden over incumbent President Trump, 76% to 17%. 5% of the voters said they were planning to vote for another candidate, and there were 2% of that total uh, that were unsure. Uh, in the poll, uh, 81% of the respondents said that they were more motivated uh, to vote this year than in previous elections, and 92% of them said they planned to cast a ballot. And this is kind of important, especially on the heels of the news that came out of Texas today. Texas Governor, Republican Governor Greg Abbott, issued a proclamation that is now limited uh, ballot drop-offs in the state of Texas to one place and one place only, and he's allowing the watch of what we call poll watchers uh, to be there. Um, I'm sure Christopher probably knows that as Texas is his home state. He's from Houston. Uh, more, you know, typical news from Governor Abbott. Across the United States right now, uh, as a result of what can be deemed a dumpster fire of a presidential debate, uh, Vice President Biden, in most of the majority polling, is ahead of President Trump by about 17 points. Uh, And that is particularly important, especially in battleground states such as Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and, of course, Michigan. Uh, So, Rudy, I want to ask you. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. (laughs) Hold on, freight train. (laughs) I want to ask you something. (laughs) For our listeners who've heard Brody's news reports, he is fast-moving and articulate. And if you do want to ask a question, you got to Dive right in here. So, so I want to ask you about some of this stuff on the debate because um, mm-hmm. uh, Trump, of course, uh, disagrees with what you just said in terms of who actually won it. Um, big surprise. Um, he thinks he won it, uh, and he is declaring that uh, he doesn't want the rules changed on future debates. Um, and, and according to the White House, he won't allow that. Um, the commission wants to change rules because obviously his behavior was pretty much of a disaster. Um, what, what are you hearing about that? The commission on presidential debates, uh, as a result of what occurred, uh, uh, it was just, they've changed the rules to kind of realign, uh, quite frankly, the power of the moderator, to be able to do certain things like cut Trump's mic off when <laughs> things, things that were probably would have been very useful uh, to my journalistic colleague, Chris Wallace, who unfortunately was more of a ringmaster with a whip taming tigers than he was moderating it. That was just a mess. Uh, the commission oh. uh, said they would make these changes. And then uh, Trump immediately responded that, you know, he's not going to allow it. Uh, the White House reiterated that talking point. Uh, now, these these rule changes, of course, will also take 
uh, into account. Next week's uh, debate between the two vice presidential candidates, Vice President uh, Mike Pence and, of course, uh, California Senator uh, Kamala Harris. Um, You know, during the White House briefing today, the White House press secretary told my colleagues, and I quote, with regard to the commission role changes, the president made it clear uh, his view that he thinks the only way there's a fair debate is a change in a moderator and a change in the Democratic nominee. Um, And, yes, Trump actually said that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's right up there with he's still denying you know, white supremacy. I, it's, you know, it's just one pile on right. with him after the other. And this is why what the Robert uh, Kennedy Center for Human Rights is doing, particularly with uh, getting out, you know, the queer vote and making sure that, especially for first-time voters, they understand how critically important it is to engage in the process, but engage in the process correctly so that their vote counts during the dumpster fire of a debate Trump tried to bring up that a whole bunch of, you know, ballots were found in a river. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the press secretary was asked about that today, not once, but by two separate reporters, and she couldn't answer exactly which river that these alleged ballots were dumped in. Um, <laughs> the biggest I, problem, I think we course, should call it which alleged river the alleged ballots were allegedly well, dumped in. <laughs> one one of my colleagues from Reuters pointed out in a private conversation with a group of us later it should be you know the river denial, but that's just you know, the way it is. <laughs> I'm excited. So I want to go with that. Yeah, one. yeah. Brody, I want to ask you about a rumor that I heard, and this may be fake news and maybe urban legend. So um, I'll let you poke poke holes in it. Um, but um, I saw a a um, piece of purported information that said that Joe Biden actually has a history of being a person who had, was a stutterer at a young age and that he has overcome that and has his, his own techniques of, of managing that within himself. But a lot of Trump's behavior was, calculated and meant to try to trigger that in Joe Biden so that they could make him appear fumbling and senile and all the negative things that they, they would like to portray him as. Um, is there any truth to that? Well, our understanding uh, from sources in the Trump campaign is that um, they were aware of the vice president's uh, stuttering um, whether or not there was a calculated uh, effort uh, to have the president get a rise out of him enough to the point where he would start stuttering uh, is just not confirmed and not verified. Um, I will say, based on what I've witnessed, um, I wouldn't find it uh, terribly surprising that that was uh, indeed the case. Um, So if it was to be later confirmed, I'd color me not shocked. yeah, exactly. With this white, with this White House, with this administration, with even this campaign, um, there's no low. There really isn't. Uh, so it, it's, you know, unsurprising. You know, it's it's interesting you bring the stuttering up. Uh, there was a young ten year old uh, that uh, 
the vice, uh, vice president Biden met on the campaign trail in New Hampshire, uh, who was a stutterer. And um, it was supposed to be just a quick meet and greet, you know, shake a hands and a picture op, photo up. And um, the kid told the vice president about, you know, he was a stutterer and he was having problems. And um, the VP being the VP <laughs> broke off from what he was doing, grabbed the kid and his dad, spent time with them, coached the kid on a technique that he used to get over it. Uh, and then later, of course, uh, you saw the kid uh, in uh, the acceptance uh, ceremonies uh, for the Democratic National Convention. You know, and in full transparency, I know Joe Biden. I've, I've known the vice president since he was a United States senator. Matter of fact, he and I have had numerous conversations on Amtrak trains, uh, usually headed out of Washington. He would get off at Wilmington and I'd keep going to New York. You know, I'm a Canadian. I don't vote you guys' elections. I never have, never will. I'm not a citizen. But I can tell you what you see with Joe Biden is what you get. There's always, you know, it, it's the transparency is there. I mean, it, it's, there's no, he is what he is. I mean, he literally is what he is. And when it comes down to, uh, you know, acting in the best interests of his fellow citizens, I have never not known him uh, to think in any manner otherwise. And like most politicians, yeah, he's had his missteps. Okay. The most glaring one being the Anita Hill hearing, but you know, Outside of that, this is a warm, decent human being, you know, who loved his kids. Um, you know, it, it's he loves his wife. Dr. Biden is an amazing person. She's an educator. She's incredible in her own right. Um, you know, this is not this is anything that is just completely opposite of everything Donald Trump is. Uh, and, right. You know, I, I would remind that our, especially our LGBTQ plus listeners. Okay, it was Joe that pushed President Obama into getting off the dime on same-gender marriage. It is Joe that pushed for trans rights. You know, he's very transparent. He's very real. And I'm not going to sit here and turn this into a Biden campaign commercial. Suffice it to say, you know. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, I'm going to borrow a phrase from a presidential campaign Many years ago that I covered, and I'm going to paraphrase it, you know, you know, I know Joe Biden, okay, and, and there are people who just aren't Joe Biden, and with that, I'll right. let it go. Okay, so Brody, was there any other news story, because I so rudely interrupted you, you were on a train of thought. No, it's all right. I mean, you know, it, uh, I've, I've got stuff... Um, you know, um, that uh, we were covering, obviously, uh, across the spectrum. And, uh, you know, for our listeners, uh, you know, it, it's just uh, I just advise you, please, you know, keep yourselves informed and, you know, watch your news sites and, you know, let's see what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, and as we said, um, we are looking down the, the scope here, the, the final trek towards election day and how you're going to vote is important. Um, And whichever way you vote, please do vote. That's also important. And I do want to point out to the people who are listening who are not in the state of California, uh, your votes are super important. And one thing 
that I would have you value is your vote's actually way more than those of us who are living in California. Uh, it takes, uh, I think it's uh, several hundred people in California voting equals virtually like one person's vote in Wyoming, thanks to the wonderful Electoral College. So especially if you're not in the state of California, you hold, in my opinion, a huge responsibility to exercise this right um, because you actually are voting with a lot more power than a lot of the rest of us who live in urban areas have. Um, so there's my little motivational pitch. And with that, um, I'd like to bring on uh, Christopher Sharp of the Robert F. Kennedy Human Rights. Uh, Christopher, welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. Thank you for having us. Uh, my pleasure. So, um, Christopher, set us up here. What is this project that uh, um, uh, Kadar and Barbie are the creative forces behind? Where did, how did this get started? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I, I'll let Kadar and Barbie talk, talk specifically about the project. I mean, really, you know, the whole idea behind this, you know, from RFK's perspective and certainly from my perspective is just, Looking at the um, the massive number of ballots that were disqualified in, in the most recent um, primary election, I mean, we've seen over 500,000 ballots that were were tossed because of really small technical things. And you know, I don't know, um, I don't know about y'all, but I really I've never voted absentee, and so this will be my first time doing that uh, here in New York. And um, I didn't realize there was so many technical things that could get your ballot disqualified, and so. Um, and my team, we started to take a look at this and started to think, how can we best be able to, uh, you know, amplify a message to talk about, uh, you know, some of the mechanics of voting by mail. And, you know, we, we took a survey to see just kind of what was out there right now. And, and we really didn't see a lot of election-related content that did a good job at uh, uplifting trans voices and queer voices and uh, black voices. And so, we, you know, we kind of made our mission to say, you know, how can we, um, you know, work with some young people to put together a PSA that uh, can walk us through the mechanics of voting by mail. And uh, thankfully, I knew Kadar, and I was able to get in touch with him. And, um, you know, really, he was just a driving force behind this project and was able to put together a creative team that came with the concept, the script, um, everything that you see in the video. Uh, really, this was, this was a project that Kadar led and, and drove. And, uh, we're just fortunate at RFK to be able to work with young people like Barbie and like Kadar to just, um, you know, give them a platform and, and uplift their voices to be able to talk about issues that are important to them. Excellent. Well, let's let's uh, bring Kadar on um, as the director and uh, hey. um, the creative force behind this. Kadar, welcome to the show. Um, what What's what up, how are you doing? did you – it's, we're doing great, especially now that you're here. Um, what 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 led you to want to be involved in this, and especially in such a um, a driving force behind it? Number one thing to be involved in brought attention that I would have was this one. And, and, you're and just make really that. badly. Yeah. Um, I am. Can you hear me now? You're perfect now. Go for it. Sorry. Okay, I'm good now. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, you're good now. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Cool. 
Let me start over. So, um, so when Christopher first contacted me, um, I basically, I definitely knew that my driving force in this whole thing was to educate my community as in, um, my community as in black queer individual, just about how important voting was and also how to, um, just important about the deadlines and also how to, um, make sure your ballot is actually qualified because I was actually, I'm surprised when Christopher brought to my to my knowledge that a lot of the ballots were qualified from past elections. I was not aware of that. So um, I kind of wanted to drive the force to my community of like this is a very important message that we all need to follow and that we're all responsible for. So I knew when um, I was casting, I wanted to basically see myself um, because it's impossible, in my opinion, to tell someone to do things. Um, when you don't see yourself within the material. So I wanted to book, um, I wanted to book Barbie, which is, I met her through the party scene. She's a gorgeous, gorgeous girl. Um, met her through the party scene. I casted her and one of my other friends, Ziggy. And then I was very particular with who I casted within the creative team. Um, I wanted everyone to be one black. And um, I also went, I was very particular with the um, aesthetic since I do VHS, things like that. So I just was very particular with the creative team as well. So with everything coming together, it just came out perfect. Everyone did their job. It just came out perfect. Barbie was excellent on camera. Ziggy, everyone, everyone was just great. I loved it. Yeah, no, it's awesome. Um, what What is your viewpoint, especially for um, that part of America, for the, the uh, BIPOC community, what are the what is at stake in this election in your opinion in my opinion um obviously i you hopefully you guys are aware of all the police brutality that's going on and um the violence against the black the black queer community it's been several things several cases of um just with trump the current president doing things of not protecting um the black trans community and also doing things to not protect um black men with the police brutality, because this has been going on for years and years, and this is the, and this right. quarantine has just kind of brought light to it, because it's not like this has just happened. Um, we've, this has happened since I, my parents have told me this since I was younger, because I'm, I'm originally from Trinidad, and I moved from Trinidad when I was four to um, Soho, New York. So um, just with things, things with that in line, it just kind of, um, it kind of, it kind of made me force myself and think about what is really more important about what's important for our community. And I saw that with the past election, at least I was just able to, I was just able to vote. And I know that um, certain individuals didn't take it serious just because we didn't see so much that was in stake. But I think that now that we see that's in stake with the police, again, police brutality, white supremacy, all of that, all of those natures, it's making us to be aware of, like, no, we need to make a proper change. And in order to make a proper change, we have to make steps instead of just saying we want change. No, very, very, very um, incredibly important. Um, And, yes, um, you know, for me personally, uh, I'm highly aware and um, highly vigilant on on that issue. Um, Donald Trump has tried to turn – that whole issue around, not only ignore it, but um, cast anybody who is speaking out against it as being a threat to, quote, unquote, law and order. What message would you want to send to Donald Trump directly? 
Um, if I got to send a message to Donald Trump personally, it would be to base honestly, for real, honestly, in my opinion, I don't have a message for Donald Trump only because it shows from the amount of years what he what he proven what he wants to do to America. To me personally, it's all about for me getting him more out of the office and not me saying anything to him because for me, it's very aware of what he can do and what he is doing. So there's nothing in my opinion I feel like that I can say and that people have said to him several times that we all have said to him to say, please stop, you're killing us, you're killing black people. He, In my opinion, he does not care. Right. And, and I agree with you. He does not. Um, with that, though, I want to bring on the um, already discussed and um, described as the gorgeous girl. Um, welcome to the show, Barbie. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you for being you. Um, what did it feel like to get in front of the camera and uh, be the voice of Vote by Mail? Well, um, it was actually... I was speechless. I w- I've been in front of the camera before for other, you know, projects. I usually modeled on runway before, but I- I've never done, like, anything as in this severity. And um, it really opened my eyes to a lot of things um, just on how important voting is to, like, should be to everybody. And it kind of makes me feel like foolish of myself because it was I it wasn't such a like a thing to me before and I feel like the first time it really did like smack me in my face was when um, Trump was elected the first time. I remember that day so vividly. Like um, I was about to go to sleep and I remember um, it was him up against Hillary and I'm just thinking like. Nobody would elect a celebrity to be president. Like, you know, that's absolutely outlandish and, you know, taboo. And I woke up the next morning, and I did not vote. I did not vote last election, and I just woke up, and he was the president, and I was just so stunned. And I always said to myself that if he did become president, um, that I would go back to um, my father's country of Haiti, and I would just live there and just, like, you know, because... I can't, I felt like we were doomed, and just being the face of this and seeing that all he's doing this election to, like, sabotage it and make sure that he stays in office is is literally a gag. It's literally a gag. There's been certain signs and certain things that he's done, like the cover of Time, where, um, you know, um, they have the years keep going, and then it just goes to, like, infinity, and he's still the president, and there's certain things that, like, just have been happening. I got a phone call about a week ago. From, it was a random number. I usually don't pick up random numbers, and for some reason I answered it, and it was somebody, like, who basically was, like, in um, in cahoots with Trump, and he was trying to persuade me to vote for Trump over the phone. And I just thought it was, like, so taboo. Like, why? And the same thing Kadar said. It was, like, Trump doesn't care about who I am, like, instead of just hanging up the phone, I did have a conversation with this person, and I did explain to them and let them know, like, Trump doesn't care about my community, he doesn't care about, like, who I am as a person, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't, not only does he not care, he doesn't accept them or like them at all, so 
just being the face for this project, seeing this, and, you know, throughout all the things that have been going on, it really has opened my eyes, and I do feel like I am obligated to spread the word and to help however I can get, like, you know, shape the, shape the future of America, you know? Yeah, no, excellent. Fantastic. In fact, I want to ask you, as, as and thank you for sharing that you actually had not voted, um, what is your message to people right now who aren't sure if they're going to vote? I believe that that, that can't be an option only because we all, I feel like everybody, everybody in the entire world is under, like, we're, we're like, sad. There's, like, uh, the political climate of the world is just sad. Like, there's, like, a cloud of, like, you know, sadness over everybody. And it's, like, it takes somebody to make a change. It takes everybody to make a change. Like, I thought the same thing. That's exactly why I didn't vote. My vote doesn't matter. That's um, that was a part of the reason I, I I can't vote. I didn't know if I was eligible to vote, which is another reason why this campaign was uh, another big thing to me. You know, it, it opened my eyes. It made me want to get people to know if they are eligible to vote, if they are able to vote, and to get their mail mail in ballots out and get like their voice heard. It is very important for like every like I feel like there can't be an option of anybody not voting. It's up to the young people. It's up to everybody who is able to vote to vote to change so that we don't have another catastrophe. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, we don't know what's Mm going to happen next. Our president right now is already very unpredictable. We don't, like, it's, I feel like it's very important. I feel like it can't be an option. Like, I'm so speechless, I can't even, you know, I feel like there's no words to explain how important it is for everybody, old, young, middle-aged, it doesn't matter. I feel like everybody needs to vote. No, I, well said. Um, uh, Kadar, do you want to answer that same question? What would you say to somebody who is on the fence about even participating? Um, for me, I would say, especially with everything that's transpiring right now, if you choose not to vote, in my opinion, or even offense, it's like you're choosing to be ignorant and not make change. You're, you're okay with everything that's transpiring, and you're okay with seeing it continue. Because for me, it's like everyone, is, everyone we're all aware that it's very important to vote only because with this quarantine, it has brought so many things to attention that has been happening for decades and decades. So now we actually have time to sit back and say, oh, like, what is going on with our country? Um, what, is going on, what is going on with America? How are we going to finally take control in the first? And in order to really take control is really to take the first step and is actually to vote. Um, yeah, no, it's, 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 it's absolutely vital. And I'm, I'm I love hearing both your voices raising up uh, about that. Um, you, um, Kedar, you mentioned, uh, you know, the, the, the blindness that Donald Trump has to the issues in, in regards to Black Lives Matter and um, the pr- police brutality and that whole um, systematic racism, um, but also his um, – complete complicitness in allowing COVID-19 
to run rampant, and especially where COVID has killed more um, in the black community than virtually any yeah. other community. Um, you know, is that awareness, is, does the community get that? Does the community get what a threat he is? Um, in my opinion, in my opinion, I feel like the, our community definitely understands how much of a threat Trump is, especially with the COVID. Um, just, just with even different examples of when I hear about different school systems opening up. If you look into it, um, the more the majority of the school systems that are currently like opening up a little bit here by there are the majority of black areas. So it's just things like that um, that I. I'm aware of and that that, that um, I see and I think that we all see. No, excellent. Um, and, and that's true. You know, um, um, let me let me switch gears a little bit on you guys. Um, can you uh, give us some of the highlights of the PSA in terms of what do people who are planning to vote by mail, what are some of the key points that they absolutely need to know? And I'll leave that, let any one of you guys answer that one. <laughs> um, so one thing I took, a, one thing I took um, apart that I didn't know at all was when you are signing the ballot, I didn't, I was, I wasn't aware that you don't sign the actual ballot. You sign the, you sign the outer envelope of the ballot, of the ballot that you're sending. So I was, I wasn't aware of that. So that's one thing um, that was brought to my attention that um, that we need to follow. Another thing is um, using your official signature and also filling out the filling out ovals. And when it says select the oval, filling out and not just xing out or putting a check by it, because I know that's a lot of things that we kind of tend tend to do. We kind of rush through the ballot. And this is something that we cannot do. We have to take this serious. So just even little steps as in like, okay, when it says filling the oval, actually filling it because filling it in, it, filling it in because things like that made um, more than 500,000 ballots disqualified um, in past elections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my no, excellent. Christopher, what, what are some of the things you, you see as um, overall as a, a need for the voting community to understand? Yeah, um, yeah. I think um, I think you know. Talk about even some of um, Brody's uh, Brody's point earlier. I mean, really, it's so important because we see policies shifting, and we see you know folks doing you know really everything they can to try to um, limit access to people being able to vote. And um, you know, we see just in Houston uh, the recent decision from Governor Abbott to limit the number of drop boxes. So really policies are changing kind of very rapidly. And, um, you know, I, I find out new things about voting by mail. It seems like every day, just today I was um, um, listening to uh, another podcast that talked about secrecy envelopes in Pennsylvania. And so there's even an additional step in certain states whenever you do get your ballot, after you go through the process of, you know, requesting it and, and receiving it and filling it out, to um, then you have to put into it a specific type of envelope. And so, you know, Pennsylvania is a very important state um, you know, lots of um, lots of votes there, and, and it's certainly a battleground state. So I think really the key is to, you know, if you're planning to vote by mail, you need to, you know, plan your vote regardless. We're in the middle of a pandemic. There's a lot going on. We've seen, you know, a number of issues with the Postal Service, and a lot of things are up in the air. And so, um, you know, the best thing to do is to make sure you're registered to vote. 
plan your vote, go online and, you know, visit your election official's office, see if you have ballot drop-off boxes in your location, you know, figure out what you need to do to request your ballot. In 34 states, you can you know, cite the coronavirus as a reason to get your mail-in ballot, but in certain states like Texas and Louisiana, Mississippi, and three others, they simply said that's not sufficient enough, so you have to have an additional reason other than the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic to even be able to vote by mail. So I think it's just really critical that everyone is paying attention to what's happening. And you know, certainly, uh, you know, we see a lot of people challenging policies, making it more difficult. Um, so we just want to make sure that everybody has access to the information they need. And, and just what was important to us at RFK, we're, we're you know, a nonprofit 501c3. So, you know, we're not trying to, um, you know, endorse any candidate or, or tip the scales anyway. We just want to make sure that people have access to the information and that um, young people in particular particularly people of color and, and folks who are part of the queer community, you know, have all the tools they need to be able to make sure their voices are heard. Right. And what, what is, are you experiencing personally of people's opinions of the governor's announcement? Um, that seems insane to only have one drop box in the entire state of Texas. Um, how are people reacting to that? Well, I, I think anything that, you know, we do to limit, um, you know, access to, to voting or to make it more, more challenging, which certainly it seems like this is what Governor Abbott's intention was, um, it, it doesn't really make any sense to me. And, um, you know, I look forward to uh, be able to get to the day where, you know, we're not seeing people running against uh, democracy and, and, you know, taking action to um, you know, limit the, the voices of, of people, but being able to expand access. And I don't know how you're following the stuff in, in Harris County too too closely, but um, we had a new election official come in uh, this year. Uh, was appointed by uh, Mayor in Houston, Mayor Turner, who wanted to send ballots to you know, every registered voter in Harris County. And that uh, initiative was immediately challenged in the courts. I think the Texas Supreme Court is hearing that um, sometime this week. But now we see further uh, challenges to even just being able to put drop boxes in communities so that folks don't have to stand in line, um, you know, to vote on election day or, or um, you know, during early voting. Really, that's, that's why are we doing that? Because we're in the middle of a pandemic. You know, people don't need to be outside crowded in areas. And we certainly see cases rising in places like Texas, even here where I am with Barbie and uh, Kadar here in New York. So it's concerning, certainly. And um, it, it, it's, you know, perplexing when you try to figure out what is the point of um, putting people in unsafe situations while we're in the middle of a pandemic, limiting their access, uh, you know, to be able to vote. It doesn't really make any sense to me, and so I think folks can certainly draw their own conclusions. Uh, but I hope that we can just continue to fight back against policies like this by giving people information. Right. Brody? Well, I think one of the things that, you know, is really critically important is that um, we've got to make sure that young, black, queer, trans, Latinx, Latino, and Latina voters and Asian voters understand how critically important it is uh, for them to be able to express themselves by voting. And, you know, in addition to the PSA, uh, which I think is a really good first step, it's just a, it's a whole process of education. I think that a lot of the young people get it, but I think what really helps is when they hear voices just like theirs uh, expressing these things. Chris, you and I have talked many times over the years uh, of how important it is 
that young people don't feel like they're disenfranchised. And I think that, you know, by what you guys have done uh, with this PSA and with this effort, that's all part and parcel of it. Uh, Kadar, I would ask you, though, um, you're the one that was a creative force behind this. You know, what's the most important thing to you to keep LGBTQI youth uh, of color uh, from being uh, finding themselves in that position where they do feel like they're disenfranchised? Um, for me, I would feel like, okay, for, repeat the question for me one more time just to make sure I have an understanding. I understand it. If you don't what's mind. The, what was the most important thing to you as you created this PSA and moving forward, what is the most important messaging that needs to get out there so that young queer folk of color do not feel as though they're being disenfranchised from the process? Um, I think by just making the proper, the actual proper steps of just making sure your ballot is just qualified, just would show in the next presidential, in this presidential election, of how much our voices actually do matter. So I feel, so I just, I actually feel like it's more of a we actually need to make the proper steps right now first, and then we will see it later. Because I think right now, um, my community. Right now is a little, what's the word? We're a little disappointed and a little, um, we're not that encouraged to vote only because a lot of the things that's happening right now with um, during quarantine. We're kind of distracting from voting. We understand we need to vote, but we're also distracted at the same time. So I feel like just by making the actual proper sense, just making sure our ballot is, our, is qualified, is fit in and as soon as you get it, um, we will actually see in this presidential, presidential election that our voices really do matter and that we can make a change and that we can make a change by making the proper steps. And the, the first proper step is just to change, get the person out the office, and we can do that by correcting our ballot, make sure it's, it's qualified and sending it, sending it in. Right. right, fair enough. Um, I, yeah, I've got a question for both uh, Barbie and Kadar. Um, the uh, recent... Uh, death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg and the rush by the Republicans to, to install um, uh, Barrett, um, Amy Barrett in her place. Um, what, what impact is that having in your personal communities? Um, and is it at all? Is that on people's radar? I mean, I certainly could see how it might not be seen as a huge issue when the other issues that we've already talked about are running rampant. Barbara, you want to answer that first? Can you repeat the question for me? What did she do? Um, uh, Ruth, uh, the Justice on, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg just passed away on the Supreme Court, leaving an open seat at which um, Trump and uh, Mitch McConnell are rushing to fill before the election, which would then make the Supreme Court completely um, conservative overrun. Um, and I'm just wondering if that that issue has resonance within the um, black trans uh, communities at all, or whether uh, people are even aware that that's going on. I am actually aware that she has passed. I actually am unaware to what she, her importance, to what, like, you know, 
what actually happened, but I do feel like that's another reason why this election and such other things are um, important to find out and get um, knowledge on and understand what is going on. I feel like that is another reason why um, our community can also feel a little bit unmotivated to go vote is because we kind of don't even know what's going on. Mhm. Yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, I would definitely second that um, and and um, stand behind Barbie. I feel like, in my personal opinion, I'm 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 22, so I feel like there's so many things that are going on that's very distracting for me as a black man um, voting. That I just I wasn't even aware of the simple things like that. Um, for me, I feel like I feel like when there's certain things of like like for for me, I, one of my best friends um, during the during the protest got got very very um, got very injured got injured during the protest. So things like that, I feel like things like that kind of like shift things because you kind of are experience, experiencing real life situations. So um, I wasn't aware, so I would love to know more about that. Actually, if you could expand, if you could um, expand about that, upon that. Well, I, I think too. Well, yeah. You know, I, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt Kadara Barbie, but I think this is, you know, important to talk about because I mean, this is a part of just being in the middle of a pandemic, and you know, we're moving from headline to headline every day based on what you know the current administration um, is doing, and and it's. It, difficult you know sometimes whenever you know you're not in the weeds of this and you know you're you're you know to Godard's point to Barbie's point whenever oftentimes you know we you know folks are dealing with mass unemployment you know trying to just have access to resources and then we see all these crazy attention grabbing headlines it makes it difficult to consume all the information at once and I think it's why it's important for people who have you know the the platform and the resources to take the time to you know, um, invest in having conversations about voting by mail, about the, you know, the stakes of the Supreme Court and ensuring that we're doing it and bringing people to the table, bringing people like Barbie and Kadar to the table to have those conversations. And to Kadar's point, you know, it's so easy to tune out of, you know, um, all the information going on, particularly when you don't see anyone who looks like you talking about it. You know, um, it just kind of is just another talking head at that point. Yeah, no, it's, it's, one, it is totally understandable, especially uh, to Car's point, is when your day-to-day experience where you are are literally with people who are being injured in the street or um, being injured by um, a disease that is ravaging your your part of the community more than than others. And trust me. Having lived through the AIDS crisis, I, I know what that is like, um, that some of the more legalistic um, things going on at the other echelon, upper echelons of government um, seem removed and unimportant or, or a distraction. Um, it just, this, is, um, this is one where the rulings of the Supreme Court will have an impact on um, you know the uh, black trans community, for example, in in a huge way in the future, where um, uh, their legal rights will absolutely be judged by these people, and the court is being loaded by people 
who would rule against them. Um, and and so um, that 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 is yet another factor why, to um, Kadar's point earlier, it is vital for everybody in the community to show up and to vote because it is there is definitely a direct threat. There's direct insult. There's direct ignorance on what is happening right now. Um, there's uh, systems in place that are oppressive and um, unjust and and murderous um, to the community. And then um, the upper crust of it is people that will hold the future, you know, in terms of what will be allowed, what will be legal, what will be, um, who will be able to actually show up, you know, and do something about it. And those are under threat as well. Um, so, you know, it's, um, you know, just there, there's almost too much, too many reasons not to sit this one out. Um, uh, let's switch to the, the distribution of the PSA, though. Um, how is that going to be seen? And for people who want to see it, where do they find it? Well, that's a good question. Um, well, we, uh, we're you know, working to amplify this message as much as possible. You know, I think, um, as Kadar just said, Kadar is 22 years old. So if y'all had the chance to see the PSA, um, he's such a bright person who, um, you know, really uh, just put such an amazing uh, creative piece together. Uh, so we're, it's living on all of um, RFK Human Rights social channels. Folks can check it out um, on our Instagram. It's, uh, everything is at RFK Human Rights, our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, and, we're, you know, we're working hard to, to uh, be able to talk about this. I think you know, Kadar's vision of, you know, putting this together and uh, doing it with an all-black creative team. And everyone you see on camera um, is a queer person as well. And I, I haven't really seen much content out there that is, you know, amplifying voices in this way. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited to partner with some folks. We have some folks at Global Citizen who are going to help us amplify this message more and some of our other partners as well to really be able to get this out here. And hopefully, you know, the purpose of this was to put together a, a beautiful piece of art and, you know, so somebody could stop and watch it. And so we're just talking about, you know, we see all of our feeds scrolling with, you know, um, this and that, and hopefully this can grab someone's attention and really get them to think about, you know, planning their vote and planning some of those, those seeds of, you know, making sure that I'm filling the ballot out correctly and that I'm sitting it off on time and that I'm doing all of these extra things to make sure that my voice is heard. So folks want to see the PSA, they can go to our, um, go to our socials and check it out. Uh, but um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. And hopefully we can get the message out more for some of these deadlines come up. Yeah, no, it, I hope people do take advantage of it. I think they put it out there. I hope they share via social media so that um, anybody who is interested in voting and wanting to vote um, feels comfortable and unintimidated in exercising that. Um, and I want to ask um, both Barbie and Kadar, so that is, that is a really super important group of people to reach, the ones who are intending to vote and we want them not intimidated. Um, what, what are you guys doing to talk to people who don't really get it, who don't get what's going on? Um, I think it's just as simple as um, for me is just telling my friends um, how important it is to vote and telling my um, 
my peers who are around me, how it is important to vote. I know that I've seen um, a lot going on my platform, going on a platform where I go through Instagram, social media, um, of people really expressing how much voting is important, especially for this presidential election, because we have so much riding on it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, what would your and again, uh, both both of you guys. What would your message be to Joe Biden? What would you guys like to hear him saying right now? Um, I would like to hear him say. I would say I would like to hear Joe Biden. Um, start, I would like to hear Joe Biden speak, start um, talking about change. Um, for me, I need to start. I need to hear actual your actual plans for what you're going to do for my community to for us to actually feel more safe and more at quote-unquote home um, in America, things like that. Barbie? I second what Kadari is saying. Um, I do want him to uh, not only just tell us what his actions are and what his plans are for our future is, but to um, act on it and to also know that um, with the position that there is a lot of um, difficulties, obstacles, and distractions that's going to be in your way, but um, you have a whole community and you have a whole support system behind you, and we will rise up to face whatever we have to face. But, yes, that's what I have to say to Joe Biden. And then the... The group that Donald Trump tends to speak to, he tends to try to rile up, he tends to focus on as if they're the, the only people in America, um, you know, tends to be that white suburban crowd. Um, although he does, he does give um, some uh, lip service towards wanting to be, uh, you know, the best uh, president the African-American community has ever had. Um, but for the Trump supporter community, mm-hmm. what what would you guys want them to know about your community? You're asking. I would want them to know that. I would just want them to know that our. Go ahead, Barbie. No, go ahead. I just just want him to know that um, our community is hurting right now and that um, it is blatantly being ignored. It's not being addressed. It is being swept under the rug, and we are not going to continue to hurt. Um, I definitely second that what Barbara said. I definitely feel like our community feels ignored, and it's coming to a point where we're not going to be ignored anymore. So it's more of a, okay, if you don't want to listen to us, you're going to hear us. Yeah. And and we will make sure that happens. Um, guys, we are almost at the end of the show here. It's been super, super fast. Um, first of all, I want to thank you all for what you are doing, just just outright on, on what you're doing. It's so important and so vital and and um you know, speaking for Brody and myself, we appreciate you so very, very much. Um, but then I also want to thank you for coming on our show and talking about it because that, that also I think is important, but um, um, is, is huge, huge for us. Uh, in the last few minutes, what have we not asked that we should have asked you? 
Um, how was your day? (laughs) (laughs) Well, how was your day? (laughs) It was great. We kind of just dive right into it, but I I love that we dive right into it. (laughs) We definitely, I feel like we definitely, um, I definitely feel like we hit a lot of the major points. I know for me, I, I'm very appreciative that you guys, um, allowed us to have this platform for us to express how much, um, we, how much we feel unheard of our community, because I know a lot of platforms wouldn't allow things like that. So I just want, want to thank you as well. well yeah, no, me too. That, I also wanted is... to thank you guys for giving us this opportunity to talk and um, to speak. As Kadar said, we, very are, we aren't very much included uh, when, it, when it comes to this subject, when it comes to just all of this that's happening, and when we are included, it usually is a negative thing. We don't really have a big platform to speak and to reach out to people. So, yes, I want to thank everybody for this opportunity as well. Well, just to let you know, you guys will always have a seat at this table whenever you want it. Um, your voice is important. It needs to be heard. It needs to be listened to, and, and it needs to be absorbed. Um, and to your point before, um, this needs to not just be a discussion. This needs to be change that actually happens. Um, and that's what, what we are committed to um, trying to make happen. Um, Brody, any final words from you? I do. To our listeners, if you'd like to learn more about the work that Christopher Sharp and uh, his colleagues at uh, the RFK uh, Center for Human Rights does, you can reach them at rfkhumanrights.org. That's rfkhumanrights.org. The Kennedy Center works on protecting human rights, teaching human rights, engaging the business community, and inspiring young leaders such as our two guests uh, today. Christopher, as always, I want to thank you uh, and the crew at RFK for the marvelous work that you do. Uh, Kadar and Barbie, it was an absolute pleasure to sit back and quietly listen and speak with you today. Thank you so much for being engaged uh, proactively in such an important conversation about voting and your community's rights. And with that, Rob, I'll throw it back to you. And, uh, yeah, I want to thank everybody for participating today. You guys are all awesome. I want to thank Brody for what he does. Um, You know, journalism is super important, getting the information out there um, and vital to our society and vital to our country. Um, and obviously I want to thank him for being co-host and helping produce the show and um, everything he does on this particular program. I want to thank our listeners. We will be back here again next week with another show of um, utmost importance. This month is going to be um, incredibly uh, focused. Um, We've got a lot at stake, and uh, we will be committed to bringing you information about it. Please tell your friends to look us up on their podcast app. Subscribe so that they don't miss a thing. We have the best people. We have the best discussions, and we're proud of it. So for us here at Rated LGBT Radio, we will be back again next week. You've been listening to Rated LGBT Radio. 